Welcome everyone near and far to this Crossview service. It's amazing to see how we as a people can adapt to this new distant style of worship service and yet see God's remaining faithfulness to us. Um, he remains close to us as we continue to seek him and praise him wherever we are. We hope that you and your families are doing well and that you've experienced God in a way you may have never imagined in this setting or time. And we are thankful that you're here worshiping with us now. We sing today of God's greatness, which reminds us that there is nothing too big or too intimidating that he isn't sovereign over. Would he awaken our spirits today to believe this holy and sing with faith and hope and confidence in him? So wherever you are, please sing with us.
perfectly wise, worthy, and sovereign, but also gracious and merciful. And as his people, we are to follow his lead and let his mercy and kindness flow from us. Our scripture reading for today is from Luke 6.36, which says, Be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Our God is at work among us. He's moving here. Let's honor him as we sing and prepare for the sermon today and then later be led by him as we head back into our lives to be his merciful agents in the world. Let's sing. Let's worship. You are here. I worship you, I worship you. 
it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. pray for your grace to cover us now and again tomorrow and the next day as we so quickly can neglect the new heart you have put in us, the heart that never separates us from you. We pray, Lord, for your mercy in these times. Would you stay near to us and protect us? And Lord, heal our brokenness. Fill us with your spirit that, may, that we may walk in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Lord, we desperately need to hear your voice. Give us ears to listen and would your word come alive in us today. We ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So I want to begin today with an illustration that's based on a true story of a conversation I had with a friend of mine. And I'm going into a spot where angels fear to dread to walk these days. Uh, angels dread to, to walk because I'm going to be talking about a controversial piece in this story, and that's the whole issue of masks. Wearing masks during this pandemic, and I know that that's a hot-button issue, that a lot of people have a lot of different opinions on that. But I just want to say in the beginning, if you think at the end of the story I'm pushing a viewpoint on masks, then you miss the whole point of the story. The story isn't about masks. It's about uh, something greater than that. Masks are just the platform. So I was having this conversation with a friend, and this person is retired. They're uh, older. They're wiser uh, than I am. And we were talking about masks, and they said, you know, when I, now that the stores, many of the stores are requiring masks, when I go in, I hate wearing a mask, they said to me. And I said, no, I know what you mean. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. I don't think any of us like wearing a mask, but it's this necessary thing we have to do. And I said the comment, I said, you know, I wish that all this virus pandemic stuff could just go away for once, right? I think we're all feeling like that. Can it just all go away? And he said to me, I don't know if I would wish the mask thing to go away. And I thought, well, you just told me you don't like wearing masks. Why would you not want that to go away? And he said, well, because 
wearing a mask, believe it or not, has brought me closer to Jesus. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, most of the time in my life when I encounter a difficult situation or an uncomfortable situation or something I just do not want to do, I've been at a spot in life with the means that I have that I've been able to either, you know, pay money to get rid of that an inconvenience, uh, get out of the way, make some decisions that got me out of an inconvenient situation. Uh, I've been able to control my life in such a way that I can live a pretty comfortable life and get rid of most discomforts. But this thing with the mask, I have no control over. I have to wear a mask. I have to deny myself something I don't want to do and I'm forced to do it. And for the first time in my life, he said, I'm starting to realize what it means to deny myself, pick up my cross and follow Jesus Christ. That there's something about the self-denial. There's something about submitting. There's something about doing something I don't want to do that allows me to enter into more the suffering in the life of Jesus Christ. And so God is using this mass thing to help me become a better disciple of Jesus Christ. Wow. Now you might be saying, you know what? That guy's operating on a spiritual level that I'll never be able to attain or that I am not there yet. But you know what the reality is? That, what that guy's describing, that denying of self to enter into the sufferings of Christ, to do something that takes our will and makes our will go, Ugh, I don't feel like doing that, and doing that in the name and, and putting it through the scope and the lens of following Jesus, that's not a, like a super spirituality. That's what following Jesus is all about. That's kind of, Jesus says, there's only one level, and that's the level. And that might be tough for us to hear. But here's the other thing. Jesus knows that we can't do that in our own strength. Jesus knows that we're going to need help to do that. What it's going to take to live like that and to follow Jesus like that, it's going to take what we're going to talk about today, and that's mercy. We're going to talk about mercy today. So we're in a series called The Jesus Way, where we're looking at markers, beatitudes, of what it looks like to follow Jesus. And so if you have a Bible, open it up to Matthew chapter 5. I encourage you to use our Church Center app that will have the verses there along with some sermon notes. Uh, but we're going through this uh, beginning part of the Sermon on the Mount and we're looking at the Beatitudes or what we're calling the markers of the Jesus way. This is what the Christian life looks like. And today we're going to look at uh, Matthew chapter 5 verse 7. And it says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And what that person that I talked about in that story in the beginning realized is that being merciful increases your Christ-likeness. Being merciful makes you look more like Christ. So let's look at what this means. What is mercy? Mercy means to relieve those in misery. To relieve those in misery, mercy and compassion are very similar, uh, but compassion is more of an emotional response where mercy is more the action that that emotion pushes us into. The emotion is the motivator and the mercy is the response. Uh, and mercy is an action that results in at least three things we can see in the Christian life. Three things that we see in the life of a true Christian that mercy does. And I want to talk about those three things. First of all, number one, mercy joins in suffering. 
Mercy joins suffering. It doesn't take suffering away. It doesn't make everything fine. It doesn't necessarily relieve suffering, but mercy joins in the suffering of another. It comes alongside someone who's going through a difficult situation. And it says to them, though this situation is difficult, you will not have to go through this alone. That's what mercy does. It comes alongside someone who is going through a difficulty. It steps into the suffering of another person. You know, when someone's going through a hard time, one of the things we say to them a lot of times is we say to them, hey, if you need anything, please let me know. You know what? It's really hard for someone who's going through suffering to say, well, here's what I need and to ask. And one of the things one of my seminary professors taught us is when you see someone suffering, don't say to them, if you need something, let me know. Just go do something. Just do it. Either show up and have a conversation with them, write them a note, cut their grass, bring them a meal. Do some sort of action and don't wait for them to ask. Just do it because if they're going through a lot of suffering, they're not going to be in a spot where it feels comfortable to ask. Just do it. Mercy joins in the suffering. Number two, mercy forgives. Mercy forgives. The marker of the Christian life, this this marker, this mercy, describes the person who forgives another. You see, the merciful person, when they're wronged by or offended by another person, they understand their own sin and their own shortcomings and their, their own failures. And they extend forgiveness to those around them. And that's a part of the marker of this Christian life called mercy. I remember one time there's a story of a pastor who is filling out Christmas cards to his congregation. And as he was writing these cards, one of his associates came in and and saw the stack of the cards that were already addressed. And he saw a name on that card. And it was the name of a person in the church that constantly gave that pastor a hard time. It was a person that just was really ornery. They're really cantankerous. And they just would give their pastor a difficult time. And the associate said, wow, you're giving them a Christmas card? After all the things they said to you over the course of this year? And the pastor who was writing the Christmas card said, can you imagine the life that person went through that would make them so bitter and angry right now? Can you imagine what their life has been like up to this point that would make them that harsh and that mean? They must have gone through extreme amounts of pain to get to this place. You see, that's mercy. That pastor was extending mercy to that person that would attack them, that would come at them, because he wanted to understand that, man, there's something that caused them to get to this point. They just didn't wake up like that. And he had mercy upon them. So mercy forgives. And number three, mercy constantly gives grace to others. Mercy gives people the benefit of the doubt. Mercy thinks the best of people, whether they deserve it or not. Mercy says, if that person wronged me, there has to be some reason that happened, and I'm going to just give them grace in that and let it go and give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, one of the markers that we have for our church, we have five markers, five DNA pieces that we want uh, Crossview Church to be known for. And one of those markers is what we call merciful fellowship. 
That when we come together, we can be a group of people who come together and extend mercy to one another. That extend these three things. That this would be a place, the Crossview Church would be a place where we would join in each other's suffering. Crossview Church would be a place where we accept and forgive one another. And Crossview Church would be a place where, as a church family, we're always giving each other the benefit of the doubt. We're always giving each other the benefit of grace. And if we get offended, if we say something that offends one another, we say, well, something must be going on with that person to do that. And I'm going to extend to them grace and mercy. That's our dream for Crossview Church. And here's the thing. When God looks at those expressions of mercy and he sees that, he sees a church and he sees people who are entering into suffering of others. He sees people who are quick to forgive. He sees people who give others the benefit of grace that captures his heart, that grabs his attention. And what this verse says is that those people who do that are blessed. And remember, we said that means they're approved by God when they do that. So what is going to be the reward of such people? It says they will be shown mercy. If you're a merciful person, you get more mercy from God. How awesome is that? To the person who lives a life extending mercy to others, they will receive mercy. However, we got to pause and talk about something right here. We have to be careful with this because understandably so, some people have misinterpreted this to think that the way I get forgiveness and mercy and salvation from God is I do nice things to other people. That if I perform nice, merciful acts, that's how I get more mercy from God. And they think that's what that verse means, but that's not what that verse means means is all. That's not what it's saying. This is where we have to look at the whole Bible and see what all the scripture says. And there's so many verses that talk about the fact that God saves us by grace, not by doing good things for people. That God saves us as an act of mercy and grace towards us, not because we do good things. Remember, it's good to always remember God loves us not because we are good. He loves us because he is good. So that's what this is saying. This is, what this is saying is that those who truly surrender their lives, who've experienced God's mercy, because they've experienced God's mercy, what's going to flow out of their lives is mercy to other people. That's what this is saying. It's not saying you do a bunch of good things and you earn God's approval and God's mercy. What's saying is when you come to God and give him your life and you experience his mercy, the natural knee-jerk reaction then is to give mercy to other people. And to extend that mercy. Being merciful to others is a result of God's transforming mercy living in you. And you will experience that eternally. Forever. So the flip side of this beatitude is hard. This marker in the sermon is also saying, If there's absolutely no empathy in your soul, If there's absolutely no wanting to help others who are in a difficult place, if there's absolutely no intention at all of entering into the suffering of others, then you need to check your heart. Because maybe you're not following Jesus like you think you are. Maybe you haven't received and understood that mercy that God gave you that would transform your heart to help other people. And you may say, how can you say that? The reason I can say that is because of a verse in 1 John chapter 3.17 that says, If anyone has this world's goods and sees a fellow believer in need, but withholds compassion from him, 
How does God's love reside in them? You see, what this is saying is if you see a need in someone's life and they're suffering and you refuse to enter in and help, then something isn't right. You haven't understood the mercy and the grace and the love of God in such a way where it's transformed your heart to see these things. Now, some evangelical Christians don't like this because they say, it doesn't matter what I do. It only matters what I believe. If I just believe, then that's all that matters. But here's the deal. True belief is never separated in the Bible from heart action. True belief is never separated from heart actions. If we never take action to help others in need, if we never forgive those who have wronged us, then we really need to check our hearts and see if we're really Christians, is what this is saying. And that's not an easy teaching. Because when God's grace comes into our life, it makes us merciful people. Now listen to me on this. There's a difference between dealing with a recent hurt on the way to forgiveness versus refusing to forgive somebody. Some people might find it really difficult to forgive somebody right now because they've recently been wronged or they recently went through pain and they're still processing that emotional shock. They're still processing that emotional hurt and they can't respond in forgiveness right now because they're still processing that. that. The Bible right now is not warning against that. God understands that. That's not what this is saying. What this is saying is if we are Christians who have received God's mercy, then we can forgive and we will forgive no matter how imperfect that looks. You see, you can be on your way to forgive somebody and have to process somebody, and that's fine. But what this is saying is you can never get to a spot where you say, I will never forgive that person. And you build up this bitterness and this wall. You see, the thing about forgiveness is so many people think forgiveness is a feeling. But forgiveness isn't a feeling. It's an act of your will. And what I encourage people, if you've experienced something that's very painful towards another individual, and maybe they're even another person in the church, and you've been hurt by this person, and you may say, there's nothing, I will never forgive them, I can't forgive them, it hurts too bad. I encourage you to say this. I encourage you to pray to God and say, God, I want to forgive this person, but man, I feel so hurt. I feel so angry. It hurts so bad. But I know forgiveness isn't a feeling. So out of an act of my will, I choose to forgive that person. Even though I don't feel like a God, I choose to forgive that person. You know what I found? When someone does that, the emotional side of forgiveness often comes after that. Once they make that commitment to choose to forgive, God can heal that emotional side to catch up with that decision. You see, that frees you up. When you don't want to forgive somebody, it doesn't hurt that person that wronged you. Unforgiveness hurts you, and that frees you up. This beatitude, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy, is so critical and important because this beatitude screams a question to us. And the question it screams to us is this. Is your relationship with God real? It's one of those rubber-of-the-road beatitudes that it, it just it hits us that 
when you see this, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Am I a merciful person? You're asking, is my relationship with God real? Because if your relationship with God is real, mercy is a byproduct that comes out. Jesus is saying receiving God's mercy and extending God's mercy is something humans need to do for the sake of our souls. So I want you to do two things as I wrap up this sermon. First of all, number one, I want you to confess your failures and shortcomings in this area. Admit to God those things, those things you've done wrong when it comes to extending forgiveness to others. Maybe you've refused to get involved to help somebody. Maybe you've, whatever it is you've done, admit those failures and ask God for forgiveness. And maybe you've never understood God's mercy. Maybe ask him to show you what that means. The second thing is I want to invite you to do something merciful. Do something merciful. Take some sort of action. Serve somebody who's going through a hard time in a difficult way. Don't go to them and say, hey, if you need something, let me know. Just do something. Maybe it's to go and take somebody to coffee and sit down on a deck and have a conversation. Maybe it's cutting their grass. Maybe it's bringing them a meal. Maybe it's writing them a card or a note. But do something merciful. Or maybe there's something a little bit more relevant today that would even help create and foster this heart of mercy. You know, during this time of pandemic, I think a lot of us are getting tired and weary. I think sometimes we're getting short with our tempers. I think sometimes we're getting uh, to the spot where we our filters and things that we'd hold back are starting to come down and we're, we're throwing things out there, whether it's a post that's angry, whether it's a word that's said in a snarky attitude, but we're kind of just jabbing each other and especially towards people who may view this pandemic differently than we do. We can get downright nasty at times. Maybe it's time to stop that because when we do that, we create this us versus them thing that divides the body of Christ and God does not want that to happen. He weeps when he sees his church do that. So maybe the follow-up for this sermon for you is to extend mercy And to go and ask forgiveness if you've wronged somebody because they view this differently than you do and you took a shot at them that was not deserved. Maybe this beatitude is there for us today to say, how do I live in this pandemic in a merciful way? Is there somebody I need to ask forgiveness for my actions? Is there somebody I need to forgive? You know, it's interesting, we were talking about this pandemic as a staff and Kale Erickson, our student ministries director, said something that was really powerful. He said, you know what's amazing is during this time, it requires a lot of self-sacrifice. What the government, what um, the, not so much even the government, what this virus is demanding from us as human beings in the United States of America is that we enter into self-sacrifice. We can't do what we wanted to do. We have to do things we don't like to do. There's sacrifice that we have to live out because of the results of this virus. And he said, and you'd think that the Christians would be leading the way in that. But it seems like we're the ones that are yelling at each other, posting mean things about each other. And he's absolutely right. You would think self-sacrifice and extending mercy and grace to other people would be something that we would be doing during this time, leading the way. And I'm sure that's happening in some places but not to the degree where it can. And when I see things, certain things that are said to other Christians about 
other Christians in the midst of this, my heart breaks. And I think we should be leading the way when it comes to self-sacrifice. We should be trying to deny ourselves stronger so that others can be lifted up, so that others' needs could be met. If the church recovers this kindness and this mercy during this hour of history in our country, it could be so incredible in terms of impact for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So be a merciful person. Allow this mercy to touch your heart and extend it to others. Let's look at people as made in the image of God and nothing less. If you want to cultivate this more, this week in our version devotion, we're walking through a devotional called Act Justly, Love Mercy, Walk Humbly. And so I invite you to do that each day. It's a three-day devotional. I invite you to do that this week as a church. We'll do it together. And ask God to create within our hearts as Crossview Church family to be people of mercy who receive God's mercy who extend mercy to other people and who live that mercy out for all of our days and into eternity. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the beautiful, amazing, wonderful gift of mercy. Mercy is not getting what we deserve from you but it's you seeing where we're at, pardoning us, forgiving us for our sins and soaking us in that amazing gift so that we can give that to other people. Lord, help us to do that more, especially during this time. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. What love could remember No wrongs we have done Omniscient, all-knowing He counts not their sum Thrown into a sea Without bottom or shore Our sins, they are many His mercy is more Praise the Lord His mercy is more Stronger than darkness New every morn Our sins they are many His mercy is more What patience would wait As we constantly roam What Father so tender is calling us home He welcomes the weakest, the vilest, the poor Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more Praise the Lord, His mercy is more Stronger than darkness and new every morn. Our sins, they are many. 
His mercy is more What riches of kindness He lavished on us His blood was the payment His life was the cost We stood neath a debt We could never afford Our sins, they are many His mercy is more So much more Praise the Lord His mercy is more And new every morn Our sins they are many His mercy is more Praise the Lord His mercy is more Stronger than darkness And new every morn Our sins they are many his mercy is more Praise the Lord His mercy is more Stronger than darkness New every morn Our sins they are many His mercy is more our sins, they are many, His mercy is more. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more.